there. I'm Sue Alvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 66, and today I want to talk about the fear of failing. Are we reluctant to try new things because we fear we might fail? And how can we encourage our kids to give something a go? What do we do when they do make mistakes? And maybe some people are afraid to give unschooling a go. The fear of failing. It sounds like a very depressing topic, doesn't it? But I've got a lot of family stories to tell along the way, and I hope that you're going to enjoy this episode. to start this episode with a story that happened this morning. We went on a big adventure this morning. We got up very early and we headed down to the lake in town to film another music video. Down at the back of the lake is a big area of bush and a little way down the track that leads from the lake is a lovely lush green area. There's a wooden bridge and we thought it might be a perfect location for recording a song from The Lord of the Rings. Now I'm not sure the title of this song, the girls keep telling me and I keep forgetting, but it's one of Enya's songs. A very atmospheric and beautiful piece. We chose our video shoot location on Easter Monday. We went down to the lake and had a scout around to see if we could find somewhere that would be suitable. And then we returned this morning. We got down to the lake about 6 o'clock and it had just got light. The sun had just risen. Now we're not in daylight saving time anymore. The clocks went back to their normal time early on Sunday morning. Now we wanted to catch the first light of the day, so this meant we had to get up earlier than normal because it's getting lighter in the mornings than it was a week ago. We actually got down to the bush a little bit too early. Even though the sun had already risen, we headed into the bush and we were under the trees. And Sophie said that there wasn't enough light to begin filming straight away. So we took our time setting up the cameras and working out what we were going to do. And while we were doing all that, we had an unexpected adventure, one that Sophie didn't enjoy at all. All of a sudden, she looked down at her leg and she shouted, Help! Get it off! And we had a look and there was a leech trying to attach itself to her leg. When we'd gone down to the bush last Easter Monday, we hadn't seen any leeches. We hadn't seen any creatures at all. We thought it was quite a safe location. There's a creek nearby, so I guess we shouldn't have been surprised that there were leeches in the area. Anyway, we all panicked for a second or two, and I shouted something like, Salt! We need salt to get leeches off. I'd remembered reading this somewhere. But of course, nobody takes salt along on a music video shoot. We didn't have any salt handy in my bag. So Imogen had a better suggestion. She shouted out, Grab a tissue, Mum. Get it off with a tissue. And I did have some tissues. And that's what I did. I grabbed at the leech with the tissue and fortunately the leech hadn't actually attached because it's almost impossible to get them off once they have attached. I threw the tissue and the leech to one side into the bush and we continued filming. But from that point onwards, we were all a little bit wary. Our eyes kept going down to our legs, down to the ground. Would another leech come crawling towards us? But before another leech did arrive... A person arrived with a dog. 
The lake is a very popular location for walkers and runners, dog walkers in particular. So we shouldn't have been surprised either that somebody appeared down our track and walked right through our filming area about maybe 6.30 this morning. She excused herself and carried on her way and it wasn't a big problem. But we had to be aware that this could happen. Someone could walk into our shot just as we were beginning filming. And another person did arrive later on. But before he arrived, another leech arrived. And Sophie was once again screaming to get the leech off her, which I did. As usual, we filmed Imogen singing the song a number of times. And during one of the recordings, Gemma Rose gestured towards the ground and we could see a leech in the leaf litter and it was rising vertically and the end of it was like searching around. I'm sure it was trying to sense us out. I think it's really fascinating that leeches can sense human beings from a long way off. And we were only a meter or two off, so it was very aware that we were there. Anyway, the leech was moving sort of in a circle straight up into the air. And we couldn't keep our eyes off it because we didn't know where it was going to go. And all this time, Imogen was singing away to herself or singing to the camera. I don't know if she was aware that all our attention was on the leech. When she finished singing, we said to her that we should be paid danger money for this video shoot. We didn't realize that we'd be walking into an area of leeches and also mosquitoes. We got bitten by a million mosquitoes. It wasn't a very pleasant music video shoot at all. I think it's the worst one we've done yet. And we're just hoping that the video clips that we recorded were worth it all, worth all that danger. As the girls and I said to Imogen afterwards, we should have been paid danger money. And she said, well, I'll buy you all an ice cream on the way home to make up for it. And that offer was readily accepted. So we had our usual picnic breakfast by the lake, and then we went to McDonald's and Imogen bought ice cream sundaes for our post-breakfast treat, Danger Money, for braving the leeches. Now that video will go up on YouTube next Wednesday. Imogen and Sophie have already started looking at it. They'll do some editing, and it'll get uploaded to YouTube when it's finished. Will it be any good? What will people say about it? Will they like it or will they find fault with it? These are questions that sometimes go through my mind. Imogen herself doesn't seem to worry about what other people would think. She hopes people will like it, but I don't think she will be crushed if she gets some criticism. I think she can deal with that. We all learn when people give us feedback. Now we're hoping that they will give us positive feedback. That's what we'd really like. But if it's negative, it will give us an opportunity to learn and to improve. Because Imogen is very well aware that she is far from knowing everything. She's enjoying the journey. She's enjoying doing what she is doing to the best of her ability right at this moment. But she knows she's got a long way to go and she's going to enjoy improving her songs, improving her music videos. She's looking forward to learning more. So Imogen, my daughter, who's 21, is trying things out in public. She's learning as she does, and it's all in the public eye. So how do parents feel when children try things out publicly, with everybody looking on? 
Do we worry what others might say about our children? Do we want to protect them from possible negative feedback? Perhaps it's safer for us to discourage them from doing such adventurous things as making music videos and putting them out there on YouTube. Because, of course, I was speaking last week about how YouTube can be a very hostile environment. It's like inviting negative comments sometimes. Now, I think Imogen is well able to handle any criticism. As I said, she's not really worried about it. She's an adult. She's 21. She's got a good head on her shoulders. She will deal with it. And really, it's not up to me to give her any advice on what she's doing. I think that all I can do is support her in her own decisions. But it wasn't always that way. When we have younger children, should we encourage them to go out there and give things a go or not? I've got a story here about Imogen. It happened quite a few years ago, maybe four or five years ago. I'm not quite sure. We were invited to go along to a homeschooling camp. And when people found out that we were going, they asked us for some help with the music. They didn't have an organist, so someone said, could Imogen play the organ at Mass every morning? I wasn't sure about this. I didn't know whether Imogen had the talent to do this. be a lot of unfamiliar music. There would be no time to practice. She'd just have to go up into the choir loft, get the music out maybe half an hour before Mass started, give it a little go, and then play in public. And I was a bit discouraging. I kept saying things like, oh, Imogen, I don't know. Don't take on more than you can cope with. What if it doesn't work out? Perhaps it'd be safer if you just sat in the congregation and let somebody else do it. And she said, Mom, I want to give it a go. There isn't anybody else. I will be fine. It doesn't matter if I don't play perfectly. I'd like to give it a go. So reluctantly, I stopped trying to influence her decision and try to trust that she knew what she was doing. So how did she go? She did wonderfully. Afterwards, I said, I didn't know you could play like that. You didn't even have much practice. I thought the music was too complicated for you. And she said, well, to be honest, Mum, the music was too complicated. I simplified it as I was going along. I didn't know she could do that either. Nobody noticed that she'd simplified the music. It sounded fine to me. Yes, kids are amazing sometimes. They do things that parents aren't aware that they can do. Maybe we should have more confidence in them. Encourage them to give things a go. I wonder why parents worry about failing so much when kids don't worry about it. Is it because of our own experiences as children? I think about what it was like when I went to school. I was afraid of a lot of things. I was afraid that my assignments wouldn't be good enough. I was afraid I would fail exams. I was afraid of letting people down. I was afraid that my parents would get upset with me if I didn't have a good report card. I was afraid that people would laugh at me if I made a mistake. People encouraged me to fear. What if you don't pass your exams? You won't get into university and then you won't get a good job and your future will be ruined. Yes, people passed on their fears to me. I learned that it's better not to try anything new, just in case I fail. Making a mistake 
failing always made me feel so bad. I remember the day that I realized that I was an adult who was afraid of trying new things. It was quite a few years ago. My children were teaching themselves how to play tennis. There's a tennis court down the road, and they can hire it for a few dollars for an hour. And being at home all day, the tennis court hardly ever gets used. It is easy just to go up the road, pay a few dollars, get the key to the gate, and come back home and play a game of tennis. And that's what my children were doing at regular intervals. They would say, "We're off to play tennis, Mum." They'd walk down to the park and hit the ball around and try and work it all out on their own. And one day they said to me, "You used to play tennis when you were at school, didn't you, Mum?" Because they'd remembered some stories that I had told them. Yes, I had lessons after school. I had quite a few tennis lessons. I learned how to serve and volley and do all the various moves. I'm not sure I was so good at it because I didn't pay much attention. Where after my lesson, I was more interested in going down to the clubhouse and playing with the other kids and having a drink. It was a social occasion more than anything. I wasn't really passionate about tennis, but my parents did pay for a lot of lessons for me, so I did learn all the basics of tennis. My kids said to me one day, "Perhaps, Mum, you could teach us how to serve. We haven't worked that out yet." And I said, "Oh yeah, I'll teach you how to serve. I know how to do that." So we took the rackets and the balls down, and I said, "Well, this is what you do. You toss the ball up into the air. You swing your arm like this. You stretch up, and you smash the ball down here, and it goes over the net." And you know what happened when I tried? I missed the ball completely. I looked a bit embarrassed. I turned around, wondering if anybody had seen me, apart from my own children, because they all had their eyes on me. I said, "Oh, look! I've made a mistake. I'll do it again." After about half a dozen tries, I couldn't do it. I just stopped and I said to the kids, "Look, I think I've forgotten how to serve. You'll have to work it out for yourselves." I'm going home, so I put down the racket and I went home. I was unwilling to try any further. I didn't want to look like a fool. It didn't feel nice not to know how to serve anymore. I didn't realize that I would have to learn that skill all over again and to do it in the public eye. So I haven't been down to the tennis court since that day. I haven't regained my serving skills. My children kept on trying, though. I think children are very different from adults, unless, of course, they've gone to school. My kids know it's quite okay to make mistakes. They know that this is how we learn, and so they're always trying new things. As I said, Imogen is working towards her dream of becoming a successful online musician with her own YouTube channel. And Sophie the other day had a new idea. Well, it was an idea that was given to her. My friend Luminara from Living the Education Revolution, the blog, she emailed me with this idea for Sophie. She said that she's been looking at Sophie's photos on Instagram, and she suggested that Sophie try selling her photographs online to bloggers. So I told Sophie this, and the idea buzzed around our heads for a few hours. We mulled it over, and Sophie got excited and said, "Do you think I could do this, Mum?" And I told her to give it a go, find out, do some research, find out what she'd have to do. Now I'm a blogger who needs photos. I usually take my own photos, but sometimes finding the right 
photo for a blog post is a big pain. I spent a lot of time writing the blog post and I want to publish it and I've got to go and look for a photo or, or go and take a photo. It takes a long time to do that. I would welcome somebody else's photos. If I could say to somebody, please could you take some photos? This is my blog post title. If I could describe what I wanted and that person would take the photos for me, I would be enormously happy. Well, actually, I tried this out the other day. On my last two blog posts, I've used Sophie's photos. I was really happy with Sophie's photos. I don't see why other bloggers wouldn't be happy with them either. So Sophie did some research. And a few hours later, she came back to me with her findings. I need to set up a WordPress blog, she said, but it needs to be self-hosted. And then she told me about Bluehost and that she would have to pay for the hosting. She would need some sort of shop with a cart. She would need to connect it to a PayPal account. She had all the details. I asked her how much it would cost, and she told me the price was somewhere between 8 and $11 a month. And I said, oh, I don't see why you couldn't have a go at that. That's not enormously expensive. And I was thinking that money would be well worth it if she learnt something, she doesn't even have to succeed in this venture to make it worthwhile. Setting up her own business online would be a wonderful learning experience. So I said to her, we'll chat about it with Dad when he comes home tonight, see what he says. And that's what we did. And he encouraged her to go ahead and set up a self-hosted blog on WordPress. And since then, she's added a few photos as samples. She set up her cart and she's played around with a few sample prices just to see how it all works. I think she wants to change her template, a few other things that she wants to do. She's not really ready to make her shop public. There's a lot of work to do yet, but she's enjoying putting this idea into action. Will people come along and say, look, these are just kids' photos. They're not worth buying. Will she get hurt in the process? I don't think people will be unkind to her. Maybe they won't buy her photos, but that doesn't matter because she'll be taking more and more photos encouraged by the fact that she could be selling them, that somebody has encouraged her to set up this shop. She can only get better and better. It's the first step in her dream of selling her photos as a career. Yes, she's not going to wait until she's 18 or older, finished unschooling formally, to get out there and earn herself a living. She can start in a small way now, and I'm going to encourage her to do that. So how can we encourage our kids to give things a go? Because they have to give things a go, otherwise they're not going to learn. We can't let our own fears get in the way. Well, I think that we can listen to their ideas, make suggestions, be supportive, and also be good examples of learning ourselves. We've got to try new things, not worry about what other people might say. Don't worry about failing with our own projects. We have to show our children how we will deal with our own mistakes. Of course, we're going to learn from all our mistakes, 
when we make a mistake, we're just going to pick ourselves up and keep on trying, keep on moving along. And we're going to get better and better. I've had a few occasions where I was a bit afraid to try something new. I talked about the tennis story, but I've got a bit better since then. I haven't gone back to the tennis court, but I have tried new things. One in particular was making videos. That's something that I was very afraid to do. I told people I would never do that. To get out there in front of a camera just was too frightening. I didn't have enough courage. No, I didn't have to do that. Millions of people don't make videos. I could easily say to myself, no, this is something I don't have to do. Except, deep down, I knew I really wanted to try it. I knew that it could be a good part of my blog. could add another dimension. It could be a new way of reaching people and telling them about unschooling. So even though I told myself that I didn't have to do it, and it wasn't essential, and I didn't want to do it, I knew that really I did want to try. Now the reason I did make my first video was because a friend had a birthday, a mutual friend suggested that all her friends make a happy birthday video for her and post them on Facebook. Now not everybody was going to make a video, some people just opted to writing a message. But there were a number of people who did make videos and on the friend's birthday these videos started getting posted on my friend's timeline. I watched a few of them and then the more I watched the more I wanted to make one. I wanted to challenge myself. Could I do it? Just make a one or two minute video saying happy birthday. I decided that I would give it a go. Make the video. I didn't have to post it on Facebook. I could just make it, have a look at it and then decide if I was going to put it on Facebook. So that's what I did. It took me a long time to make that one or two minute video. I had a lot of false starts. I wasn't happy with any of the videos for a long time. And in the end, I gave up and I said, look, this is good enough. I'm going to be brave. I'm going to put this on Facebook. And I did. And then I got such kind comments from other people, not because it was a good video, because people came along and said, oh, it's so lovely to see you, Sue, to see a picture of you, to hear your voice. I'm really glad you made that video and that we could watch it. And this encouraged me to think about making a video for my blog. Well, I've made a lot of videos now. I got over that fear. And I'm really glad that I did conquer my fear. The same thing happened with my podcasting. It wasn't quite so traumatic as making videos because it's only my voice. But I was nervous at the beginning. If you listen to episode one, you, you can probably tell that. I almost deleted that very first episode. And it was only because Sophie was also interested in podcasting at the time that I didn't delete it. I wanted to give her a good example of not worrying about what other people think. We have to go out and try new things because otherwise we will never learn. And when we do get our courage up and try something new, it feels wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And that's a really good reason for conquering our fears. I remember another time when I conquered a fear in a big way. This was pre-children, when I was working at Sydney University. I used to work in the veterinary science department in a research lab. And we used to do a lot of surgery with animals. 
Now, on surgery day, the professor would ask somebody to set up surgery and to assist him. There were about three of us he could have chosen, and every time he came into the lab and looked around, and I, we knew that he was about to ask one of us to help him. I used to get very, very nervous. I used to look at the floor, look away. I didn't want to meet his eyes. I didn't want to go and help him in the surgery because he was a hard taskmaster. You had to be there, handing him exactly what he wanted at the time. He was the sort of person who didn't have a sense of humour. He always looked a bit strict. He always expected wonderful things. He didn't tolerate mistakes. Well, one day I decided that it was stupid to be full of fear all the time. It was affecting how I felt about going to work. So I decided that I would conquer that fear by learning to be the best surgery assistant that I could be. And that's exactly what I did. I asked questions. I did some research. I tried really hard. I became a very, very good assistant. And the professor realized that. He noticed. And then, when he needed someone to help him with surgery, instead of looking between us all and making his decision about who he wanted to help him, he would ask me directly, and I always got the job. But by this time, I didn't mind. I used to find it very interesting. I was good at what I did. I no longer had to fear. In the end, I felt that I was the privileged one. I had an interesting task to do, all because I got courageous and decided that I was going to learn more. I told that story to my son Callum when he was about eighteen, nineteen, I think. He was having trouble at work because he was afraid of failing. That he thought his boss might complain about his work, something that he wasn't able to do very well. And I suggested that he go back and admit his lack of knowledge and lack of skill, and ask if he could have some help in learning, and to be determined to become the best person at that particular job. And that's what he did. And then he didn't have to fear any more about going to work. So sometimes, yes, it is good to conquer our fears. <laughs> Talking about people criticizing us last week, and people might criticize us if we go out there and try things in public. Like I said, it doesn't really worry Imogen. I'm trying not to let it worry me as I'm doing all my various projects out there. As I said, I make videos, I'm podcasting, I've got my blog, I've even written a couple of books. But there's always the thought at the back of my mind that someone might come along and ridicule what I'm doing, make me feel bad about it. Because when people criticize, we do feel upset inside. We don't like our work to be、uh, pulled to pieces. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and it was the Accidental Creative. It was an episode from several weeks ago, and they were talking about a book called "Hug Your Haters: How to Deal with Negative Feedback, How to Deal with Criticism." And the presenter was saying that. We don't learn from positive feedback. Yes, we like it; it makes us feel good. But it is criticism which actually helps us more, because when we are criticised, if we don't just get upset about it, if we look at it in an open-minded way, we might actually learn something about our work. Is the criticism justified? Can we improve our work? Of course, sometimes criticism isn't justified. As I said last week, we can just leave a polite 
reply. But maybe first, we ought to examine that criticism, see if it does help us, see if we can learn anything from it. I've had another thought about how we can encourage our children to give something a go, to open themselves up to making mistakes. Have you ever been punished for making a mistake? Have you been made to feel bad? I have. People sometimes try and make us pay for our mistakes. And they say such things as, Can't you do anything right? What's wrong with you? You'll never do anything good. How could you have done that? And so I guess comments like that do encourage us not to try. Because what if we make a mistake and someone gets angry with us? And perhaps they're right. Perhaps we'll never do it right. Perhaps we're no good. So our words again. We've been talking about how our words affect children. Many times I don't think we realize what we're saying and the way it's being received. But I think that those are common things that parents do say to children. And perhaps we should change those words into, it doesn't matter, you tried, you learned something from it. Have another go, I'm sure that you'll be successful. We can share our own mistakes. Mistakes usually aren't a big deal. said in my introduction, some people are afraid to give unschooling a go in case they fail. What if they ruin their children's futures? What if it's just a big failure? I was talking about this with my daughter Imogen this morning. We had a cup of coffee together in a cafe mid-morning. We went and did some shopping together after the music video shoot. And I said I was going to make a podcast about the fear of failing. And she added a few thoughts. I said to her, what do you think would happen if we are afraid to try something, if we hold back and don't try? And she said, think of all the things we wouldn't do, all the experiences we wouldn't have. What would we miss out on? If we're afraid to try unschooling, will one day we look back and regret that decision? Will we think about all the things that we might have had, all the experiences that we've missed out on? Imogen and I discussed the idea of sacrificing childhood for a child's future. We could choose to live a joyful, unschooling life now, one where the relationships between us and our children are very strong and we have a lot of fun and a lot of love between us. Or we could choose a more traditional way of education, because we think that that might be better for our child's future. It might guarantee them better success. I don't think it will, but maybe that's the way some people think. So instead of living today and enjoying all the pleasures today of an unschooling life, listening to our kids, following their interests, building up those bonds, not having battles over schoolwork, there's a million things I could talk about things that I would miss if we didn't live this life. What if we gave all that up because we think that our child's future is more important? Well, I don't think that we're jeopardizing our children's future. I think they're going to have a wonderful future leading on from unschooling. But what if a parent does think that way? Will they look back and say, well, we sacrificed a lot of things for our children. 
but it's worth it. What if it isn't? Just some things that I've been thinking about with Imogen this morning. Yes, maybe we should live in the moment, live today, not worry too much about the future. It'll happen. I think it'll be okay. Another thing Imogen was saying was that we sometimes say it's not the right time to do something in particular. No, it's not the right time. I need to wait. What we're really saying is that we're too afraid to let go and do it. We're just putting it off. And she said, if we keep on putting it off and putting it off, we're never going to do it. Because no time is really a good time. We're just making excuses. The other day I came across somebody who used to be an unschooler. She wrote a post about how unschooling didn't work out for her family, and now they're doing something different. She said it took them a long time to realize it, but she can't live with the chaos of unschooling. Her children want more structure, and now she's being brave enough to come out and say unschooling isn't for her. They're going to be more structured in their homeschooling. I think that's her decision to make. I'm not criticizing it one way or the other. But a few of her words did strike a chord with me, and I began to wonder. She couldn't live with the chaos. I don't think unschooling has to be chaotic. There's no reason why we can't have some rhythm to our lives. And I've spoken and written about this before. We have an ordered day, even though we're unschoolers. We don't all go through our days making totally independent decisions about what we're doing. We cooperate as a family, as a team. We make compromises in our own choices so that we can yeah, be a unit, get on as a family, give to each other. It's something that we have all learnt to do. It hasn't been imposed. It's something that everybody has freely chosen to do so that we can live this way of life, be happy together, and also get things done. If you're interested in watching the video that we made this morning, I think Imogen and Sophie will have it edited and uploaded to YouTube by next Wednesday. If you would like to go over to Imogen's YouTube channel and watch her videos, you can find her at Imogen Elvis. She'd be delighted to see that you've visited. I think she'd be even more delighted if you clicked on the subscribe button. That would encourage her enormously. I saw a couple of extra uh, reviews of this podcast in the week. Writing reviews for iTunes seems to be a very complicated Thing. A couple of my friends have stopped by my Facebook timeline to say that they have tried to leave a review and have been beaten. It doesn't seem possible. I did a little bit of research about that, and it seems that you have to open the iTunes store in order to leave a review. You can't do it from your iPod, from the My Podcasts list. Now, it's only been in the last two or three weeks I've started talking about podcast reviews. I guess I was afraid. Perhaps my podcast isn't worthy of a positive review. Maybe I fear it's not good enough. And if I ask people to review it, they'll all laugh at me and say, review your podcast. Why would we want to do that? It's not good enough. So if I don't ask for any reviews and I don't get any, I'm not going to fail. But what if I ask for some and I don't get any? That might make me feel a little bit bad. 
So I guess I should be brave, be courageous, and say, hey, if you really enjoy my podcast, could you please go over to iTunes and leave a review? It would be a wonderful way of spreading the news about my podcast and about unschooling. It would also give me some feedback to tell me whether what I'm doing is useful to other people. So I hope you will consider writing a review. I also hope it will be a positive one. So thank you to the people that have written a review. I do appreciate the time and effort that you took in writing the kind words. I'd also like to ask you to share my link. Please tell other people about my podcasts. Perhaps you can like it on Facebook. That would be absolutely wonderful. Now I'm recording this on Wednesday. That's a couple of days early. Tomorrow we have to go out. It's somebody's birthday and we're going visiting. And then on Friday, my daughter Charlotte has surgery. She's having her wisdom teeth removed. So I'll be busy the whole of Friday. No time for podcasting at all. And then on Friday evening, my husband Andy finishes work for the school holidays. As you might know, he's a school teacher. He'll be home for the next two weeks. And I always find it really difficult to podcast while he's home. He sort of changes the whole routine around here. I guess he puts a bit of holiday spirit into us. We do things at different times. We do different things. We're hoping to go on a few outings. It's a wonderful time of year. It's autumn here. The weather hasn't really cooled down very much yet, though I think we've got a cool change coming through tonight. Maybe the weather will be good during the school holidays to go on a few picnics, maybe go a little bit further afield. We're actually talking about going somewhere away from home to record a music video. We'd like to go to the beach because I think that would be a wonderful setting for a video. But we'll see what happens during the holidays. Anyway, back to podcasting. I was thinking that I'll probably find it hard to record podcasts while Andy is home. But what I could do, if anybody is interested, is pre-record a couple of episodes. Maybe tell some stories that are already on my blog. Maybe choose a few stories that go together, have a theme for each edition. I wonder if anybody would be interested in listening to a couple of maybe holiday specials for episode will be 67 and 68. And then by the time the holidays are over, I'll get back to my usual way of doing podcasts. So I'm thinking about that, and if anybody would like me to do that, maybe you'd leave me a comment. One more thing I'm thinking of doing is starting an email newsletter. I've been saying for quite a few years, I don't need an email newsletter. It's just one more thing to do, and maybe nobody would read it anyway. But I think it might be a good way of sharing some news, some tips that I never find time to write about on my blog, such as Evernote tips resources maybe. And the big thing I was thinking about was podcast notes. I'm not sure I can transcribe every podcast, but I can certainly share the podcast notes. Sometimes people stop by and say that there was a lot in my podcasts and they ought to make some notes as they're listening, which I find is really lovely. People want to write down things that I have said. It's a bit unbelievable sometimes and I wonder, are people just being kind? But would that be helpful? If I made my notes for each episode available, what do you think? Would you be interested in an email newsletter? Maybe no more than once a week, maybe a fortnight, maybe even monthly. Maybe I could add some around the internet reading links. 
I don't know, what would you like to see in an email newsletter if you received one? Something to think about anyway. Well, I think I finished saying all I want to say. And I hope to be back next week with episode 67, which might be a holiday special full of some stories. We'll see how that goes. But until then, I would just like to thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you have a good week. And until next time, trust, respect, and love unconditionally.